This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Earlier this week did continue to weigh on prices. The underlying fundamentals still remain relatively supportive. Dryness in Brazil continues to cut into the yield prospects for the second corn crop there, while demand for U.S. corn is also solid. This morning, the USDA announced private export sales of 1.4 million tons of corn to China for delivery in the new crop year. Wheat uh, it was due for a correction after hitting three-week lows yesterday. Minneapolis up three cents in July at 7.44 per bushel. Kansas City four cents higher in the July contract at 6.61 per bushel. And Chicago wheat it's up six cents in July at 7.07 per bushel. Dryness concerns in Russia and the North American spring wheat belt provided support, although forecasts calling for beneficial moisture in the southern U.S. winter wheat regions did pressure values. That's a look at the ice futures and U.S. markets for Friday, May 14th. In Winnipeg, for Markets Farm, I'm Phil Franz Warkenton. Is here and so are the savings during New Holland's Spring Drive sales event going on now at Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John. It's a great time to get the New Holland equipment you need for a new season and work more productively than ever. Limited time, 0% financing and cashback offers are available now on select New Holland tractors and hay and forage equipment. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today because just like spring, Spring Drive savings won't last long. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome to another episode of the show. A little later on, we're going to be chatting with... uh, Let's hear the Director of Public Works and Utilities, Jeremy Garner, with the City of Fort St. John, about contamination in recycling bins. Seems to be a lot of it right now, or at least that's what the bylaw officers are uh, finding. And uh, we're going to talk a bit about some of the changes the city's making and what it means for you uh, going forward. But first, the city's chief financial officer, David Joy, gave a report to council on Monday in regards to how Fort St. John's property taxes measure up against other similar municipalities, suggesting that council has room to maneuver on increasing taxes in coming years. To talk about that report more in depth, David Joy, joins us now. Mr. Joy, thank you so much for being on Moose Talks today. Uh, Glad to be here. Uh, So why don't we start with this uh, report you gave, kind of in general. Can you give us a snapshot, uh, kind of a quick snapshot of sort of the situation the city is in financially right now that would give you cause to kind of come to the conclusion and make the statement that we have room to maneuver on increasing taxes in the future? Well, you know, there's never, I don't think I've ever heard the public say that it's a good time to increase tax revenue, Uh, but uh, the reality of the situation is that our expenses do go up every year. On average, over the last uh, five years, our expenses have been going up uh, 3% a year. Um, The... Yeah, we've we've uh, managed not to raise tax revenue for the last five years. So to raise it by only thirty-eight dollars uh, in the sixth year um, is an accomplishment uh, that both council and administration can be proud of. 
uh, the uh, and then I thought it was it'd be a good idea to to go into the province's statistics because they keep track of all the tax revenue that uh, municipalities uh, collect against an average residential house. And uh, so to compare apples to apples as best as we can to um, provide perspective on uh, with five different uh, performance indicators, uh, how we stack up against other municipalities. So it, it was out of interest that I, I did that, and, and it was a pleasant surprise that we are at the lowest end of um, in 19, 20, 21 municipalities as far as uh, tax revenue levels, whether we compare that to uh, other municipalities of similar uh, similar population or similar average house values, and or whether we're a northern community, how do we stack up against other northern communities or resource communities, because we are a resource community with so much oil and gas pipelines and site C down. So I want to dig into this a little bit more here. Um, For example, in the report, you talked about how uh, contingency funds, for example, need to be replenished. Uh, The only way we're kind of going to be able to do that is to raise taxes or, I assume, uh, cut services. Um, Do you think the city would be in this situation in the same way if it hadn't been for the COVID-19 pandemic? Or was this sort of a... Uh, kind of a ticking time bomb in a way and that this was going to kind of come along eventually and council would have to consider raising taxes in the way that they have decided to this year and may have to going forward. Well, five years ago, we ran an operating surplus that was 7.5% of operating expenditures. And that's very high to run a certain operating surplus uh, by that much. Uh, Since then, uh, and especially the last two years, we've been almost at zero percent. So we've, uh, and, and that's uh, due to how we've uh, prepared our operating budgets. We've, uh, we, we don't, we do not understate revenue in the operating budget. We do not overstate expenses in the operating budget. Uh, so that we are, all we have to do is maintain within the budget, and we should arrive at close to zero by the end of the year. So, but that also means there's no room to maneuver and expenses continue to go up. Um, We have certain long-term sustainability goals by transitioning fire service uh, revenue from the agreements we have uh, with our neighbors and to transition that money not into offsetting operating expenses for the fire department, but to transition it into capital so that uh, when we purchase fire trucks, it won't be a tax burden to the public. We are in a fortunate situation here in, in Fort St. John that we receive East River Agreement uh, revenue each year, uh, roughly $25 million a year. And that allows us to, uh, and we built up some of uh, that uh, into our reserves, and that has allowed us to have a very robust capital program without taxing property owners. Um, Many municipalities have an infrastructure gap tax rate. Uh, uh, Seychelles, for for an example, uh, increases their taxes by 3% a year just for infrastructure alone. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, in fact, they, they raised their tax uh, rate to 9, 9.5% this year. Uh, 6% 6% of that was operating and 3% was uh, the, the capital. So we don't do that here. We don't have a capital tax, if you will. And so, uh, and this year we're spending $71 million in capital. The RCMP building and other projects. Okay. Uh, you, you kind of already touched on this. You, you said you found it sort of, uh, I think, surprising uh, that we were at near the lowest in kind of the research you did uh, in comparing Fort St. John in the different ways. Did that surprise you a lot that we were lower? Or did you kind of suspect that we, we had a pretty good situation here already? Well, having held the line on, on raising taxes over the last five years, I knew we'd be uh, better than most municipalities. Uh, but, but using you know an independent third party like the province who collected this data and to actually slice and dice the comparisons different ways uh, in all respects uh, you know we've come away quite well so this does allow us this doesn't mean that next year hey we can really increase taxes that's not the purpose of this um, what it does mean is that uh, in for a long-term financial sustainability method, uh, that we just raise uh, taxes moderately every year, one to two percent, two and a half percent maybe, um, and uh, you know I will continue to find additional uh, non-tax revenue, and we'll continue to find cost savings as we go forward. Well, this speaks uh, directly to my next question. Uh, I think, again, in the report, uh, you forecasted tax increases, as you said, moderate tax increases uh, to kind of keep us afloat. Is it the minimum the city has to do to kind of stay in the black? Or is there, again, still some room to maneuver that if the council wants to be conservative and raise at the absolute minimum they can? Or, or is the report suggesting this is what you have to do or there's going to have to be cuts somewhere else and, uh, you know, you and the residents may not like making those cuts. You know, what I should mention is that, uh, like in 2016, our average house value was 374000 In 2020, average house value is 326000 So that's a decrease of 13% in assessed value. Correspondingly, the general, uh, the, the municipal tax portion of the tax bill and has, uh, was at a high of 1,780 in 2016, and it's decreased to 2020 to $1,585. So you might ask, well, how could we balance the budget if it's going down by that much? But over the last five years, we've added 936 uh, residential housing units and uh, increased commercial businesses by 97 businesses. And that's added 1.6 million a year to our tax revenue. So, in addition to that, uh, cleaning up our operating budget uh, over the last uh, three years uh, has allowed us to not raise taxes. So, we did receive some criticism uh, this year that we raised uh, taxes on the average household by $38 a year, which that surprised me that we'd be criticized for that. Because if you divide that over five years, that's negligible increases. 
Our future councils in this, again, kind of we're forecasting maybe even beyond the scope of, of kind of the reports you made, but it's just your opinion even. Your future council is going to have to raise taxes to st- substantially, especially if this council and the council next year and, and you know near future councils decide not to. Is this sort of like mediating the problem so that it doesn't become something where we're going to have to jack them up by this much or the city uh, ceases to exist? Well, and, and yes, uh, and not all of this is, uh, well, certainly, you know, with the federal restart grant that we received, that that took care of any pandemic-related deficit. Uh, but we had other budget challenges. RCMP costs have gone up exponentially. Uh, we've had some employment obligations that we have to fulfill. And uh, as I mentioned before, the fire service is uh, transitioning that uh, revenue over into capital. Uh, to, so yeah, I think my purpose here was to ensure that we consider very modest, moderate uh, tax revenue increases uh, over the next few years so that we aren't allowed. Uh, provincial legislation forbids us for uh, creating a budget deficit. We can't do that. Uh, we're not allowed to do that. And if we incur uh, an actual deficit, we have to make that correction in the following year's operating budget. So, yes, uh, it is likely taxes will increase, but not uh, in, to any level that should be uh, unreasonable to the uh, average property owner. Okay. Now, as I understand it, originally this report was sort of commissioned or or you decided to do it in part response in response to uh, the reaction you had heard from residents over the uh, average of thirty eight dollars more in taxes they'd pay this year. Have you heard much response since this report came out? Do you think you delivered on maybe making the situation clearer uh, to people who maybe had a kind of a knee jerk reaction uh, to the idea that their taxes are going up, even if it was only by, uh, as you say, $38 on average? Uh, not to the, the, this particular report to council. It was generally favorable. Um, you know, but, you know, I've sensed, I, think it's, uh, I think it was important to provide the general public with perspective. Uh, the numbers don't always tell the full story. Uh, when you look underneath the numbers and need to provide perspective. There are some municipalities uh, that have increased their taxes by 10% Mm -hmm. uh, and somehow got it through uh, without too much political damage. Uh, We we aren't doing that here in Fort St. John. We've been very, very careful and very prudent and and very mindful not to uh, increase the tax burden to the property owners. All right, David. Well, we'll have to leave it there, but I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us about this today, sir. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you. All right. That's David Joy, the Chief Financial Officer with the City of Fort St. John. We'll be right back to talk uh, contamination recycling bins right after this on Moose Talks. Craving Pizza, So Sweet Cafe at 250 Pizza understands completely. They offer local delivery and free delivery. Over $20 with Skip the Dishes. Call 250-785-1028 and place your order today. So Sweet Cafe and 250 Pizza is not just about pizza. 
Choose from garlic fingers, breadsticks, baked spaghetti and meatballs, and chicken alfredo. And don't forget to order your favorite bubble tea and choose from a wide selection at So Sweet Cafe and 250 Pizza on 100th Avenue. The North Peace Leisure Pool has a variety of activities and programs happening throughout the year. This month, there's plenty happening at the pool for the whole family. Here's what's coming up. May 20th is National Life Jacket Day, and the North Peace Leisure Pool and Red Cross want to encourage everybody to wear their life jacket this summer, whether you're swimming at the pool, beach, or going out on the boat. For the full schedule of programs and activities at the North Peace Leisure Pool, visit the city's website at fortstjohn.ca. The City of Fort St. John and Napin Industries would like to advise the public that starting May 5th, 100th Street will be closed between 96th Avenue and 99th Avenue until the fall. Detour routes are in place and all businesses are open and accessible. Please follow posted signage and the direction of traffic control personnel at all times. 100th Street will be closed between 96th Avenue and 99th Avenue until the fall starting May 5th. All local businesses remain open and accessible at all times. The City of Fort St. John and Napin Industries thank you for your patience while we continue to improve our city. Hi, Mark here from Eminem Food Market. And I'm Crystal, and we have freezers full of delicious food, including our barbecue meals to make dinner a breeze. Bring home wings and dips to enjoy while you watch the game. Load up on yummy appies for a movie night in. Pro tip, if you buy all her favorites, she'll let you pick the movie. No, she won't. She will. I heard that. You can't hear someone roll their eyes. Uh-huh. M&M Food Market at the north end of the Totem Mall. Curbside pickup available. Order online at mmfoodmarket.com. One thing is for sure. Riggers get filthy and Soap City Cleaning is in the business of making filth disappear. We provide industrial rags and wipes to oil field companies in the North Peace region, along with cleaning of coveralls, gloves, and any other oil field attire. Plus, with our pickup and delivery service, we have the most efficient turnaround times for even the busiest rigs. One thing we've never said is, that's too filthy. No job is too big or small at Soap City Cleaning. See for yourself on 95th Ave or online at SoapCityCleaning at gmail.com. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're going to talk a bit about recycling. Uh, about the early of this, or earlier this month, I should say, the city posted on their Facebook page about some of the trash and other awful things uh, recycling workers were finding in recycling and bylaw officers. And earlier this week, uh, they've made some changes to the bylaw and talked about what they can do to sort of rectify the situation. So to talk a bit about that, we've got Jeremy Garner, the Director of Public Works and Utilities with the City of Fort St. John, joining us. Good morning, Jeremy. Thanks for being on Moose Talks. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So uh, can you talk a bit about what the nature of this contamination was for people who maybe didn't follow the story or didn't want to? Uh, what, what were bylaw officers and, and workers finding in these recycling bins that was that was contaminating them? Sure. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to um, those bylaw officers that are walking the beat and looking in those cans and mm-hmm. the... Uh, the drivers that are picking them up and the sorting sorting crew down at the depot, they're working really hard to make sure that we're doing our part for for this generation and the next generation when it comes to recycling. And they do have to deal with with a lot of that uh, contamination um, contamination such as uh, microwaves and grass clippings, um, a, a dog poop, um, and even they've been seeing. Uh, uh, some some oil jugs of oil um, 
And you know, one jug of one jug of oil or one shopping bag full of dog poop contaminates an entire load, and that's a whole load that has to go to landfill, not in the, not to the recycle um, depot down south where it can be recycled. So, so it is a waste. So, wow. So you're saying a uh, uh, entire load, meaning like the truck, as soon as it's found or in kind of the truck, like the back end of it or whatever, that that load's done. It can't be recycled. Yeah, and, you know, if it's in the bottom of the bin, the inspectors don't see it, it drops in, um, you know, the the load gets squished and all that gets squished in there, and, you know, you can only use your imagination. And out, out the back it comes at the depot, and those uh, folks down there um, have to have to deal with it firsthand. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting point. Everything that you put in your recycle bin, the folks at the depot have to touch with their hands to sort out, um, you know, make sure that this recycling ends up the cleanest it can so we get the best best product going down mm-hmm. so just think about that if folks when they're dropping stuff in their bins someone else is going to touch this um when it ends up at the depot now as i understand it um bylaw uh, for example only does these audits of the bins kind of in the spring summer fall winter it's a little hard so do you have any idea of kind of the scope of this problem is has it been an issue since this uh, sort of program was brought in by the city i believe five-ish years ago or so or is it kind of a recent thing you're noticing more well er- early on when we started the recycling um there was there were some issues and we've we've had inspectors going out particularly in the summertime like you said um so a little harder to inspect in the winter time people tend to want to clean up their garage and their yards and etc in the springtime so it it gets really bad in the springtime mm-hmm. but uh there have been inspectors out for the last few years um inspecting the bins of course they're not s- sifting through everything they have a quick look in there to to see what's going on but uh it's important to know, too, that um, people recycle. Carts and trucks and bins and all the mechanical processes don't recycle. People do. People put this stuff in their bins, and if we can keep it out of the bins, then we don't have to deal with the contamination. So ins- inspectors, you know, we, we like to start in the spring. That's typically when we can hit the contamination the most. And this year, uh, we're hitting it hard. Um we're going to be hiring uh, four part-time inspectors to help on those recycle days when we can um, hit it the hardest and and try and keep a vast majority of this contamination away from the depot. I think uh, if I remember from the report, there's sort of a benchmark uh, of contamination that's acceptable, maybe is the wrong word for it, but I'm curious as to sort of what that benchmark is and, and, sort of where we're at in terms of because there's two numbers i think i saw in the report specifically that uh time you kind of elaborate on that a little bit well the contamination the best target for contamination is zero contamination sure so um that's ultimately what you know what what's the best to see um and that that um the, the depot would be more than happy if that's what they saw down at their end um recognizing that uh, not everyone's perfect and sometimes the odd thing slips in. So the contamination levels, um, well, um, if you get a load of a dog poop in the load, the contamination's at 100%, right? Mm-hmm. So the contamination that we want to shoot for is 
uh, less than three percent. That's that's where we'd like to see it at. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we have a bit of a ways to go to get there, and uh, but I think we can do it. I think if everybody everybody gets on board, um, and we're we're writing we're rewriting the bylaw to uh, add a few more penalties in there for those people that uh, don't want to participate. Um, we're also uh, looking at possibly taking bins away from people that uh, are having trouble with uh, participating. So um, it, it's a thing. It, it's a it's a the contamination is an issue that has to be addressed once and for all. Um, it's going to be an ongoing thing. Recycling will be an ongoing thing for as long as as long as you and I are around. <laughs> we'll be recycling stuff. Um, so let's everybody get on board, get behind this. Um, the community can do it. We've seen we've seen after the inspectors go out, people start to tighten up, similar to a, a you know a speeding speeding ticket. Once you get a speeding ticket, you kind of watch your watch your speed. So there's a lot there's a lot a uh, lot of good things about the recycling program. We're and we're excited about an opportunity to um, join the recycle BC. And um, work with work with those fine folks down there. They've got a lot of experience. Uh, Sixty-four other municipalities in the in the program there, so they're going to bring um, some of their stuff, uh, some of their uh, experiences on board. So we're looking at that opportunity to apply in 2022 to get on on board there. Okay, is that is that a for sure thing, the Recycle BC thing, or or is there some work we have to do to kind of make make that happen? Well, we we need to get our contamination down. Yeah. We're going to apply, and uh, you know, there's no doubt uh, Recycle BC is watching the the highlights, the news from our neck of the woods. Going, oh boy, that's going to be. Uh, do we want to take those those folks on? So mm-hmm. we want to be a part of that program. It's a financial benefit to the city, um, but we have to get our contamination down. So um, I think we can work together and get this done. All right. Well, Jeremy, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about this. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. You're absolutely uh, welcome. (laughs) That's Jeremy Garner, the Director of Public Works and Utilities with the City of Fort St. John. We'll be right back to wrap things up on Moose Talks right after this. Spring is around the corner, and at DGS Astro Paving, that means it's our season to shine. Old Man Winter takes its toll on our roads and highways. So when you see the DGS logo, you'll know that your road is being taken care of by people who travel the same roads as you do. Our goal is, and always will be, to provide safe and well-constructed roads that we're confident enough to have our own families travel on. DGS Astro Paving in Fort St. John, caring for your roads is our way of caring for your family and ours. It'll be quick and easy, just the way you like it. Climax Detailing, Fort St. John's only premium, full-service hand car wash, offers services your vehicle will love, including the popular quick and easy. In 30 minutes or less, you'll get a power rinse, premium hand wash, chamois dry, tire and rim shine, windows and mirrors, all for just $32.95. Ask about their Keep It Clean Pass for more savings. Climax Detailing, open Monday to Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturdays by request from 10 till 4. Visit ClimaxDetailing.com. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. 
our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks to our guests today, David Joy and Jeremy Garner, both from the city, for joining us. General voting day for the municipal by-election is tomorrow from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. over at the Pomeroy Sports Center, where you can cast your ballots. You'll need two pieces of ID, and one will have to have your signature. You do not need to provide picture ID, according to the city's website. Uh, If you'd like more information about the voting process and links to more info from the city, and also uh, all the kind of... uh, interviews and stories we've collected about each one of the candidates who are vying for the open seat on council you can visit energeticcity.ca slash election that does it for this episode of moose talks moose talks is pro- uh, produced by adam rayburn and trey lopashinsky i'm dub craig be well join us next friday at 10 a.m for another episode of moose talks a weekly talk show about fort st john and the north peace Movie in a Parking Lot is back for the summer. Join us each month for a family-friendly drive-in. This month's movie presented by Fort City Chrysler and CN Rail is Mrs. Doubtfire. Watch Robin Williams dress up as a female housekeeper to spend more time with his kids this Saturday. Hello, Mrs. Hillard, I presume? Yes, I'm Miranda Hillard. Euphigenia Doubtfire. Oh, yes. Won't you please come in? Thank you, dear. The event is free to attend thanks to our sponsors, but it is first come, first served. The first 50 vehicles will be allowed to watch the movie at either 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. Get more details at moosefm.ca. Movie in a parking lot, Saturday night at the North Peace Arena, presented by Fort City Chrysler and CN Rail, is sponsored by Burger King, the YMCA of Northern BC, Apex Valve Services, and Moose FM. I don't remember much about last night Woke up on a couch sunrise Saw the living room Through these bloodshot eyes of mine Cold sober you didn't like that I came home late, 4 a.m., but it's a Friday, babe, and I've been working hard. Can't you give me some space that are shouting out? Oh, my God. God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I go out with some new friends, but it just makes me miss you more, more. Just pretending it's fine We've been round, round, round this Too many times before Oh, yeah Oh, yeah I go up with some new friends But it just makes me miss you more
100.1 Moose FM. I'm Dub. Hopefully you're having a great Friday so far. Want to remind you to get yourself entered into our Micro Consulting Unlock Summer Contest. We're going to be starting this on Monday, so you got to get yourself entered online at moosefm.ca. Now, how it's going to happen is from the pool of people who are entering online, I'm going to call one person a day, a weekday, I should say, at 8.40 a.m., for uh, the next two to three weeks. I think it's three weeks, actually. And that person, if they don't pick up the phone, will have 10.01 minutes to phone me back. If they do so, they will be qualified for a chance to win one of five keys for our grand prize giveaway. Now, what that grand prize is, is one of four coolers, or rather coolers stuffed with prizes, and uh, one of those coolers has nothing in it. It's a dummy prize, if you want to call it that, but you'll still win yourself a cooler. So those five people will all win something. you got to get yourself qualified, though, by getting yourself entered online at moosefm.ca. Again, if you don't enter, I can't phone you. If I don't have your information, I can't dial the phone to get a hold of you. So do that right now at moosefm.ca slash contest. Click on Micro Consulting Unlock Summer. This contest is brought to you by Bronze Flooring, Peace Country Toyota, Friendly Pets, Volt Jones, and of course, Micro Consulting Sales and Service. Waiting for an MRR or ultrasound. Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.